Hey, this is Chuck, and you are listening to Fans with Bands, the podcast where we talk to the fans and the bands they dig about life, music, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Today on Fans with Bands, we're talking to Mike Ward. Check it out. Hey, this is Chuck with Fans with Bands, and I'm talking to singer-songwriter Mike Ward. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing really good, Chuck. Excellent. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you. And we've got fans, uh, Steve, Lori, Danny, and Angela. How's everybody doing? Doing well. Excellent. Good. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you guys so much for coming on. And Mike, thank you. Um, I'd read, and so I really need to thank Lori first because I re- you know, I, I've been keeping in touch with the, the Stratton set list because uh, I love the way she writes and I love the fact that she does like an interview and then has like her um, review of that music mixed in. And so I saw yours, you know, I saw Mike Ward's, um, you know, Psycho Songs and then, you know, uh, Day and Night. And I was like, huh, what? I was interested and I was intrigued and I meant to reach out to you and then you re- reached out to me. So it's kind of serendipitous there. But I, I, the thing that I'm really interested in is how did you come up with the tagline Psycho Songs? Because to, <laughs> oh. to me, that brings up a, a thing okay. like, whoa, what the hell is going on here? And then so you're a songwriter. Huh. Yeah. So... <laughs> My nickname for a long time was, is and was Psycho Ward. And <laughs> it comes from years of Irish temper, playing hockey, you know, heavy stress in the world of uh, advertising and slamming fists in the walls and things like that. Um, I don't do too much of that anymore. Uh, I do still play hockey, but I, I'm, I'm not Psycho Ward on the ice anymore. I'm an irritant. <laughs> if anything, because I just get in people's way. Um, <laughs> but when, honestly, when um, when I put the first album, We Wonder, up on Spotify, actually, I think it was before that, it was when my, my son and my daughter actually took a bunch of my home demos. They put them up on iTunes and, and uh, Spotify for a birthday present oh, about funny. seven years ago. And... Um, and it was, it, it was like just, I had been using Psycho Songs as my um, copyright and my publishing mm-hmm. name anyway. So I just, I just went with it. Uh, probably in retrospect, would have been better to use my middle name or something to <laughs> distinguish it to keep my name. But you know, it does start a conversation. I have had some, you know, folk, folk people's kind of cringe there you know but i I don't play traditional folk anyway i mean i do some at the i do irish music and whatnot at the gaelic league but even that's kind of crazy and uh so psycho songs just seems to fit me that's that's cool that's awesome because i i was i was thinking psycho song that that fits in with what i usually i mean because i'm primarily a heavy metal person so uh, (laughs) you know i listen to uh, i have a wide range of music i love but uh when i saw psycho songs i go hmm this could be Hmm. interesting (laughs) and then you listen to it and you went yeah "Eh, it's not really psycho songs (laughs) Well, well then i started thinking so i start i was thinking you know because there are when you when you listen to your music and read your, your lyrics, um, there's a psychological aspect to some of the what you're yeah. looking at, the delving into the emotions, delving into the stories that have things about Absolutely. loss and 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 the feelings you have. And so I thought, oh, maybe it's psycho because it's psychological. But I'm I like the fact that it's just because you're 
psycho. So that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you can ask the people that used to work work with me at donor advertising <laughs> about it. So it, they know when, they know all too well. <laughs> well, um, I know that you've said in your bio as well as when you were talking to Lori that you you kind of got into this game late. So was it the fact that your um, your your son and your daughter like put those songs out there that got you to think you know I should record my own music? Uh, it 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 did. I mean it it was like sort of concurrent with the idea that. I was turning 60. I had kind of a target date where I wanted to retire. And I thought, I need to figure out if I'm really going to do this. Because I've been sort of, it had been like this, you know, you kind of, you kind of are in it for a while while you're working and then you get busy. And I probably went sometimes two years without picking up a guitar at all. Oh, wow. And probably went five years without writing a song at times which seems hard to believe now because now I'm like, I'm, I'm just always writing. But definitely when they put it on to, uh, when Danny and Amelia, my daughter's name is Amelia, when they did that, it was like, oh, well, I guess I really have to do this now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, but even then, it would, that was... Uh, it took me a few years to sort of ramp up because I had been, I just had been so out of practice and so not performing and not really in tune with it. And it took me a while to sort of get to that point. And when we moved to Detroit, I met so many people that helped me. So many musicians, singer songwriters, my friend Dave Tanyas, who's a young guy who uh, runs the open mic at the Ghost Light. But he's oh, also awesome. in a band called uh, Border Patrol, and they're fantastic. They they are partly in Canada and partly here, so they've been on a, quite a hiatus yeah. during all this. But Dave and I do a lot of shows together, but he sort of kind of uh, took me in. He was hosting the Park Bar at that time, and he would have me co-host sometimes or host when he had to be out of town, and I started to learn that. Then I hosted another two other open mics for a couple years. And I really think that experience helped me. It certainly helped me learn uh, who all the writers were and who all the you know talented folks were around right. here. Um, so that helped, but it really got me going to get in front of people on a weekly basis. Cool. Um, so your last album, The Darkness and the Light, um, again, thanks to Lori. Um, you you mentioned that you had been going through your dad's old slides and yeah. and feeling those memories. And I was wondering if and your dad was an amateur photographer. So was the concept of photography at all in the aspect of documenting your life sort of a theme that you were thinking of? At least maybe in the title or, or in some of the music that you wrote. I think. I I think for that album it was less so. I think when you hear the next body of work that I'm going to produce, there's probably going to be two albums because I'm I'm in the process right now. We're going to start mixing 21 songs. Oh wow! And a lot of those songs were songs directly about my dad and about my mom, about my family, 
there are some songs on the other two albums that sort of dive into that, mm-hmm. but they're they're less uh, direct. But I will say the arts in general were always an influence uh, on me and my dad and his uh, sort of capturing life yeah. was, was always part of it. Very cool. Awesome. Well, Fans with Bands isn't just about me talking to Mike and everybody sitting here looking at, at us. Uh, it's about you guys being able to ask questions. So, uh, Lori, Steve, Danny, do you guys have any questions for Mike? I don't have a question, but I just want to reach out to Danny. I've never met him, but um, I just want to say um, thank you for um, um, telling your dad to follow his dreams. <laughs> you know, the, it's usually the other way around. <laughs> the parent is telling their their children to follow their dreams. You know, so I just want to say thank you, Dan, for for um, getting your dad to do this because I'll tell you what he listening to your dad's music is. As has been such a joy to me. Um, so thanks for encouraging your dad to follow his dreams. Man. Yes. <laughs> it was a, he did it for me first. So at a certain point, <laughs> I, I had to start returning the favor. And it was, <laughs> I had a few of his, like, I had a few of his cassette tapes because everything he had recorded was on old cassettes. Yeah. And it was all analog. So yeah. I converted my favorite tracks to digital and then put them together and then started a record label and got them out there. And it was like, I've never done this. I, it was like Googling every step of the way and calling friends and asking. And uh, my sister and I were able to keep it secret from him long enough that (laughs) when we like presented it to him and like opened iTunes and there was his album and he, it was just this face of like, I, I don't understand. <laughs> they're, they're in the cabinet. <laughs> For sure. Oh, man. That was exactly and it. Then I think his, your first year you made, it was like $9.21. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, and I've never seen someone more excited about $9. Like, <laughs> I was getting emails and messages from... Uh, co-workers a donor and like i grew up at the agency so i'm friends with a lot of them and i was getting messages from gail off and wrote me a message she's like so your dad is very excited about nine dollars <laughs> <laughs> it's not much more than that now <laughs> oh man so so mike when did you actually start playing music when did you get into i actually started well i started singing when I was real young, like uh, nine, eight, nine, in there in the in school choir or in uh, uh, church choir, and I did that all the way up. I stayed involved in in church choirs really up until I was about twenty, because I became a cantor uh, at church and I would go in each week and learn the music, mm-hmm. and that that taught me a lot about vocal training, but I. Um, I took guitar lessons when I was like 13 from this really strange dude. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I learned, but I wasn't a very good student and I wasn't, you know, I just, I want, you know, I wanted it to come easy. I wanted it. I I wanted to play like my buddy, Mike O'Brien, who could play, you know, 
he could play the who and he could play Jimi Hendrix, you know, I was right. like, yeah, here I was struggling with three chords, you know, I know so that feeling. I put it down for a while, but we, thank goodness my parents always had a guitar in the house and, and I still have that guitar. Oh, it's an nice. old Gibson that my mom gave to my dad in 1947. Really? Awesome. So I'm very fortunate to have, to be the current, uh, uh user of it, holder nice. of it. But, uh, I went back to playing guitar right after high school, actually, because I was I was part of a duo. Uh, we used to uh, my buddy Dave Stein from Port Huron. He played guitar, and he would play, and the two of us would sing. Um, and I actually wrote a song that I never knew. I, I would I just sang it to him, and he figured out the chords, and and we would play it. And then right after high school, he. Uh, he got married and, uh, you know, got a job and he, it was like, I, I, I figured, well, if I want to keep doing this, cause I kind of enjoy it, I need to learn how to play. Yeah. So I, I crudely learned how to play, you know, I would, I would take songs that I knew and I would, that I knew by ear and mm -hmm. I would, I would just figure out the chords and I would learn how to play. Um, and they were Neil Young songs and Paul Simon songs and, nice. you know, stuff like that. John, you know, later when John Prine came along, that was a perfect guy for me because his sense of humor and his his style of play I really enjoyed. Yeah. And uh, so that's uh, and when I was in college, I had uh, a buddy who, uh, a guy that lived down the hall from me. I was at Siena Heights College in Adrian. And I had been playing a few years at that point, and I'd played some bars and stuff like that. Okay. But I knew I wasn't, you know, I knew I, I, <laughs> I like to sing more than I like to play at that point. And this guy said, you know, he said, you sing really well, but you don't play so good. He said, <laughs> he said I'm, I suggest that you take the next six months and don't sing. Just play. Oh. Just learn how to play better. Yeah. And uh, I did that and uh it really helped and every now and then i still do that I'll, I'll take a period of time where i'll just i won't sing i'll just try and learn to play better so. nice well i think you uh play I mean, that's something i mean so um when i talked about my my metal background uh, part of that for me as far as like um because i'll be honest like i don't like all singer songwriters i do like your music because i enjoy your voice <laughs> And I'm, I'm just putting that out Thank there because sometimes it doesn't resonate with me because got it. Just, but if it has good guitar and good voice, I really like it. And that's why I really like your music because I think you are a, a, a good guitar player in that you're, um, I like the articulation. I like the, um, the, the, the dynamics that you're getting into your music and it really fits well with your voice. And the combination is very, um, you know, it, it resonates with me as opposed to some things where I listen to it and I'm like, Eh, this is not for me. Not that other people don't love it, but it just doesn't mm -hmm. work, right? So, uh, I think you, uh, those that woodshedding in the uh, with the guitars has paid off. So, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. So that, I just saw that this uh, the song, um, uh, I think it was called "Content," uh, is the most All recent right. one. Yeah. And it's content. It's content. Content. Oh, sorry. and we love we love that because I, I the first time I I ever did a radio interview, the 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 
you know, the host said, uh, he said, uh, he, I, and he asked me to play a song, and I uh -huh. said, I, I, he said, are you are you going to play content? <laughs> and I said, well, it, the name of the song is Content. And he, he came back at me, and he goes, well, he goes, it's on the air now. And, you know, he says, technically, it's content now. Right. <laughs> and I went, okay, <laughs> but it's Content. Yeah. Awesome. So where, what, what's the story behind that song? How did, how did you develop that? That was developed from, I started writing a series of, of like sort of opposites or, you know, uh, just trying to look at language in some cases with that, but also t of a mind of trying to get to, there was a certain, there were some lines about regret, some mm -hmm. lines about, you know, when you say, uh, how do you, you know, now I'm trying to, now I'm trying to remember the words here. <laughs> I'm like going, uh, uh, I can't even remember the first, the first lyric. Um, but there's a lot of things like when searching for a forest, all I found was a tree or, you know, uh, the, uh, just trying to, play with those ideas of like things not being right or things yeah. not being quite right. And, you know, uh, the, the notion that a simple, a simple life in a complex world, uh, is sort of the, the premise, I guess. Yeah. But more, more really when I tell people it's like, it's less about being content with the life you live now, but more about how are you going to be viewed when you leave this earth? And that's, you know, when the money's all spent, are you going to leave this world completely content? Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. And the, uh, the, the verse that one of the verses that came first, I think I was intending it to maybe be a funnier song. And uh, sometimes I wish I had smoked more dope, yeah. read more books, you know, used less soap, <laughs> gone to sleep later, planted more trees, learned a language to say fromage instead of cheese. <laughs> so, you know, that, that line usually gets a laugh, you know, and I can, I can, I like playing that live because, it, you know, it's like, I like to wait for that line to sick sink in yeah so what is the, uh, what when when you have fans um when you release your music what do you want your fans to take away from that what what feelings are you trying to instill in them or is there is there really a goal for the fans is it more about how you want to express yourself and if somebody can resonate with it then that's great or do you really want them to pick up some kind of message or have a certain <laughs> feeling when they experience your music? You know, I think f for me, the, the mixes of all the songs that I do are, are lyrics forward. So my, you know, it's my voice at mm -hmm. this point, you know, no one else is singing my songs right now, but I, I like the lyrics to be forward because that's what I spend a lot of time on. And I feel like messages about aging messages about, um, you know, 
the world, no way to live is a message about homelessness, you know, but then you have how sweet your dreams, which is a message to both of my kids who I imagine when I wrote that, I imagined them as tiny babies because I never wrote them songs as when they were really little. Um, and, uh, and a couple of the songs came from song prompts from workshops. Oh, really? Our turn, our turn to shine. Why can't that be enough? And in the light. And, you know, like they have a certain part of me, I guess, that is like self-deprecating or, uh, you know, that I don't, I try not to take myself too seriously, even though I, I do write some serious songs, but I, I try to, uh, (laughs) to keep a certain lightness or edge to that. Uh, our turn to shine, I think it has that part of it. And, uh, you know, but then there's songs like midnight veil that has sort of a, it's veiled with hope. It's darkness. It's veiled with hope. And that's, I think, even if I'm writing about something that is as dark as or as tough as homelessness, I want to try and provide some hope or at least, uh, you know, let that come through in some way. And that's, that's really what I hope any listener takes away from my records. Very nice. Uh, I actually was uh, off when I was talking about your music and the, the, the latest single is Career Advice. Um, yes. Which a very I, different, a yeah, very totally different. different. And I, I love it because when I, when I got to, you know, don't be a dick, basically, I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't get played on the radio. <laughs> although, although Artie, uh, yeah, uh, Artie, uh, um, what's his name? Art, Art Morello, Artie Morello. He played it on his and, and God bless Lee Kitzman. He plays it, you know? <laughs> Uh, and, uh, but, uh, it's gotten, it, it always gets a great response. Uh, I wrote it on the heels of, of my retirement and actually being asked by a million people at my retirement parties and things like that. And when I retired, you know, what kind of, uh, what kind of sage words of wisdom would you give to the young people coming up in the world today? Yeah. And. I just remember my friend Marguerite Paris, you know, we were talking about, you know, just young people coming up today and, and Marguerite goes, she goes, just tell them to don't be a dick, whatever they do, you know, you can, you can do a lot in this world if you're just not that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so it, it, that was a fun one to write. All those jobs were jobs that I held <laughs> at different times, you know, awesome. and and uh, and I used my 40 plus years of work experience and my family's work experience to to explore that space, as, awesome. uh, as Bruce Dickinson would say, explore the space. <laughs> I mean, did you go to the space? Did you go see him on Sunday? No, no, oh. I, I Lori did, right? I did. did you? <laughs> I was coming back from Grand Rapids, so I I couldn't get out there. So. It was great. It was yeah. he's a ball of energy. He went on for like I don't know two or three hours. He took a really? break in between. Yeah, wow. he has a great story. I'll have to fill you in sometime and tell oh, you about yeah. it. It was fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, and even um, a friend of mine um, who he had extra tickets, and he said, like, "Do you want that?" And I'm like, "Wow, oh, it's 
I'm not going to be here. So sorry. But yeah. yeah, that's a bummer. Yeah. We were on our way back from Grand Rapids as well. Oh, Sunday night. Where, where we went to in? the listening room. Oh, cool. uh, my friend Kyle Rashi. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, James, uh, Nicholas James Tomasas. <laughs> I always get his name wrong. Tomasas. <laughs> And uh, uh, Sierra Cassidy, who goes by I Am James, three folk uh, solo songwriters, uh, they do a show there on one one Sunday a month, uh, oh. Songwriter Night. Awesome. At where the is, Listening Room. Where is the Listening Room? So the Listening Room, it, you know where that new hotel is? The, the it, it, There's a restaurant in the basement called 123, and there's a cinema in there. It's right downtown, uh, uh, in the middle of downtown. Okay. The Hyatt, maybe? Not the Hyatt. It's oh. it's called, I think it's the... City? Something, uh-huh. Copley, Capley, something like, oh, I forget okay. the name of the hotel. The, it's new. It's uh, The whole complex is new. Oh, cool. Because the theater, the movie theater that's in there, and the restaurant in the basement, and then the listening room is on the second floor. It's about 200 people. Nice. Very nice. much uh, like the Ark. But uh, a little bit smaller. There are times I wish I lived closer to Grand Rapids. Same here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So other, other times I'm super, I mean, I live in Ann Arbor. I love Ann Arbor. I love being able to, I'm only, you know, depending on where in Metro Detroit I'm going to go, it's like hour-ish or 45 yeah. minutes, you know. So I, I like that because there's so much variety there. But sometimes... Uh, the beer scene and sometimes the music over in Grand Rapids, but and that's what I went. I went to go to Speciation Ale, um, ah, and cool. they do some things where they um, brew a beer for a band. And so I went to see Tiny Trees, which is this two-piece um, kind of uh, po- like I want to say like a post uh, post metal, post punk kind of thing. Um, very cool, but it was super dark. Like they turned off all the lights. They had the two spotlights on, and I'm trying to take pictures. I'm like, "What the heck is going on here?" But yeah, it was fun. But, cool. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm so, gonna have to get a beer made after you. Yeah. Yeah. It would be awesome. <laughs> Seriously, that would be so cool. Psycho yeah, songs. That just went on the list. <laughs> I yes. think that's good. You I know, think Mike, that's good. you should go talk to. Uh, so, because you're in Detroit. Um, great brewery down there in Corktown called Batch Brewing. Oh yeah, I love Batch. Yeah. Those guys are great. I also love Brew Detroit too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Brew so, Detroit is actually my favorite brewery. Well, and do you know Dave that works there? Uh, uh I don't know him personally. I I know him to buy beer from him. <laughs> all right. I'm Facebook <laughs> talked to with those guys, so I'll, I'll try to put the bug in yeah. their ear cuz cool. that would be su- that would be really cool. Oh, that space would be a great space to play in. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, so I diverted into beer. Uh, so let's come back. <laughs> that's that's fine with me. Uh, so, second favorite topic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Lori, Steve, uh, Danny, any questions? Or I can keep rolling. Yeah. All right, I'll keep rolling. Um, so I was, you know, part of like the thing I like to do with fans with bands is kind of go back into, and I think you've touched on it a little bit, but kind of get the the backstory of where you came from musically, not so much playing, but what you were listening to. So what was the first album you bought? Uh, and why did th- you buy it? I think it was uh, the first Monkees album. Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, it, 
I will say that's the first one I bought with my money. Yeah. Uh, but I have, uh, I grew up in a big family. Mm-hmm. I'm the seventh out of eight kids. So, you know, I had plenty of music around for me to scrounge around and listen oh, nice. to between uh, my parents who were really eclectic. You know, they liked some classical music. They liked some uh, uh, jazz music, but they really loved folk music. They really loved like Odetta, Joan Baez, um, and, uh, you know, they dug Simon and Garfunkel, and they nice. loved Irish Irish folk music. Yeah. The Clancy Brothers and Tommy Makem was, <laughs> we had this huge collection of, and I, I have that, I still have it. Awesome. Um, and it, those, those songs never left me. I, I still do them at the Calic League, and Excellent. I love it. Um, but uh, my older brothers and sisters, you know, they were big into the folk and Bob Dylan and... I remember my sister Catherine. Catherine, she uh, she had bought the single for "I Am a Rock," and uh, and then she she got a job. Her and my sister were waiting. were were had a summer job at at Houghton Lake, mm. so they went away for you know a couple months in the <laughs> summer. And when they when she came back, I had literally worn the grooves out on that record i had worn it out i had to buy a new one so i guess technically that that was my first purchase was i'm a rock but the first album i bought you know that i was passionate about was the monkeys i love the monkeys and uh you know it's funny i i love the stones i i really love the who uh and then Jimi hendrix you know uh they were big on my list i i really um uh, I love Dick Wagner. Uh, the Frost was a band that that Port Huron. He came to Port Huron a number of times. Came to Marysville, and we love the Frost uh, and Dick Wagner. And then when he, you know, he got to be part of uh, uh, Lou Reed's band, yeah. and then he was music director for Alice Cooper, and you know, it was just uh, yeah. He, he's a big time player. That guy. That's awesome. So, but yeah, I, I mean, I have I, what I listen to, uh, you know, in terms of my musical tastes, isn't always what I play. I, you know, I love David Bowie. I'm huge oh, yeah. uh, in that time period, and you know, I am a Springsteen fan and Jason Isbell fan, yeah. things like that. But I was going to uh, say that when I listened to your music, I thought of Jason Isbell. Oh. A number of people have said yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's a huge compliment because I think he's he's one of the best working right now. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I think he he combines some of what I like about about John Prine with with uh, you know uh, a different sensibility of storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think uh, he's he's a really good really good writer. And yeah. man, can that guy play? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so I like to take that question around the horn. And so Lori, I can't remember. What was yours? I think it was Michael Jackson's thriller. So I think <laughs> I was about six. <laughs> that was awesome. huge at that time. So yeah, yeah. that was the first yeah. time I recall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a tape. <laughs> awesome. yeah. What, what inspired you to, to get that album? Do you remember? Oh man, I think my brother video? had it. So I have an older brother. He's three years old. And I think he was the one that introduced me to a lot of music and I just liked 
I just thought that like, as I just love the songs. I love to dance to them. Yeah. I love to roller skate. I used to roller skate up and down, like, oh, my, nice. like and <laughs> up and down the hallway with like, uh, like to Billie Jean. It's still like my favorite song to dance to of all time. So if awesome. anybody plays at a wedding, it's like, I'm out there. I love that song. <laughs> now, was it, was it an album or a CD? It, it was actually, a, it was a cassette is what I had. A cassette. I, okay. I, awesome. I wore that yeah, thing That out. makes sense. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Time, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Steve, how about you? Um, <clears throat> I would have to, I think, and I think I've still got it. I'm, I think the first album I bought was was uh, Black Sabbath, I think. Uh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I think it was. It was either that or Led Zeppelin, one of the two. Nice. <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, Led was, I had every every album. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And and Steve, what it what inspired you? Do you remember? Oh, I don't know. I think I was uh, I was a uh, I I I just um, I liked the rock and roll. I liked yeah. hard rock and roll. I mean, Excellent. it was. I, I <laughs> yeah. don't know why. It just was that was. Yeah, I think that was the thing you're supposed to listen to anyway back in the day. I mean, <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> we all the did. The reason I ask is because I remember the like looking at albums and sometimes the cover art i'd see it and i go wow what is this and you'd buy it just because you thought oh it looks cool yeah and then you get it home and you're like what in the hell did i buy absolutely <laughs> yeah because i did i mean um you know sadly meatloaf has passed away but oh. i bought that album because i was uh i like black sabbath and stuff and then so i thought oh buy meatloaf and i listened to them what? What is this? I mean, <laughs> it was fine, but that was not what I expected. I saw the that was not what you expected. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> I was expecting Black Sabbath or something like that, and what I got was like, well, this is different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, Danny, how about you? I'm trying to think what the first first I bought. Like, there are a few that I remember, but I grew up obviously with a pretty good music collection in the house. So it was like, yeah, I had yeah. this access to this amazing vinyl collection and <laughs> tapes of his that I would fall asleep to that were like oddly labeled and odd mixtures where it was like <laughs> Stephen Wright stand up on one side and then Todd Rundgren on the other. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, yeah, that's true. one of my favorite cassettes. Like, I, that was I one of my edu- favorite combo cassettes ever because I was like, no matter what my mood, there's something for it. Um, Subliminal education. When he was falling asleep, it was comedy and yeah. and music. It's, to this day, like I, to this day, I need to fall asleep like to something, and it's usually comedy or music. Um, oh, really? Wow. But, uh, first. I got a lot of like single cassettes as birthday and random gifts because yeah. that was the real popular thing in like the mid to late <laughs> 80s was the like, we got you a single. And I'm like, you got me two songs and I need to put it over. <laughs> this is so much a work. Single. <laughs> um, yeah. The first album I bought though was for a girl. It was for Jessica Ewing in sixth grade. And it was like the first boy girl birthday party I was going to go to. <laughs> <laughs> and asked her friends, I'm like, what am I supposed to buy her? And they were like, you should get a runaway train by Soul Asylum. 
So that's when I got her. And awesome. Yeah, it was like the like sixth grade, like leave it in, like just slide it into the locker. Right. Like, I'm not going to give it to you. That'd be insane. Right. Um, but then the first one that I really, really remember buying because I was working at this point, like wanted to buy this CD was uh, Blues Traveler's first album, Four. Oh, nice. There you nice. go. Yep. And I just, I went to their 25th anniversary tour of that album a few years ago with my oh, friends oh, I was awesome. with when we bought it. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah. It was one of those that it was like, this is fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. Um, so, so Mike, what, what's next? As you mentioned, you've got 21 songs coming. So, yeah. Th so that is, <laughs> that's next. Yeah. Um, we, uh, so early in, um, early in 2020 in, uh, April. So let me step back. The first album, the, or the darkness and the light album. Hey, <laughs> the darkness and the light album. We actually finished all my tracking on that uh, by uh, January of 2020. Oh, and we were just getting ready to bring in players to do like cello and guitar and background. Mm -hmm. And then the pandemic hit. Yeah. So we shut down everything on that record until probably July or August. We didn't do anything with it. Um, in the meantime, in April of that time period, I, a friend of Danny's, a uh, songwriter from New York, put out a challenge and said, hey, anybody want to try and write a song every day for the month of April? Oh, wow, cool. And I thought, okay, I'll try that. <laughs> not, not really realizing what that would mean. And by yeah. day five, I realized <laughs> what it meant. But, but I will say, it was a hugely beneficial exercise for me. I wrote every single day into the night and you had, you were accountable. You had to, you had to record something and get it up by the end of the day. Wow. And, um, <laughs> I ended up writing 32 songs cause there was, there were two songs that one Angie s said, that's just too mean. Uh, <laughs> you can't post that. Uh, and another one was just too stupid. Uh, and so I, I developed another one, but, uh, you know, Lori and I have talked about this. She, she was kind enough to do a feature on this whole sequence. Um, there were a lot of family songs, but there were a lot of songs about where we were at that time. Mm -hmm. And, um, the interesting thing is now I think t 10 of those songs are going to be on the new collection of music. Uh, and they didn't, you know, they've probably re been rewritten a little bit, but there's a couple songs that are almost verbatim what I wrote on those days, uh, in April of 2020. Really? Wow. Um, and you know, from that exercise, I really sort started to, one of the other things I've been doing and since 2018 is going to more workshops uh, intersecting with more songwriters and getting mm -hmm. feedback on songs, which I never did. I, I, you know, I spent a career putting ideas up on a wall so that somebody could have at them. Yeah. I saw music as m mine. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't want anybody to touch right. it. I don't want any influence, you know? And so, uh, 
that's been a real difference too. And so, uh, uh, the other parts of this record or these two records, they will, it will probably end up being our songs out of those workshops. And they really push you to, you know, different places and trying different things. And, uh, I was just talking to, uh, Kyle Rashi is a friend that I, I have met through a number of workshops. And now we have one of the songs, the lead song on, on the new record, which I can tell you the title of, because we just came up with the title. I can't tell you what songs are going to be on it yet, but (laughs) the title is Particles to Pearls. Oh, cool. Which is not a title of any of the songs, but it's a line from one of the songs. Uh, In fact, it was the first line written in the song, and then I surrounded that with a song called Time. And Kyle worked on it with me. And it's the first time I've I've done anything like that either, where I really, we didn't set out to do a co-write. Yeah. We're just in the same songwriting group, and he really gravitated toward the song, sent me some notes. I, find, I said, I just got to call him. There's, you know, we need to talk about this. So we were on yeah. the phone for about three hours. Wow. And since then, we've, we've, you know, we've sent the song back and forth and each had tweaks to it. And uh, now it's recorded. Nice. So um, we started this record in December. Um, and now we just, we just, uh, we have one part that's coming in remotely from Annie Caps, and that'll be the last uh, part to be played. <laughs> now we're then we're mixing. Wow, cool! Um, and I've got some just awesome players on the record. Uh, Dave Roof is is acting as engineer and and uh, co-producer on it. Um, Mike Mike Gentry produced my last album. He's he's advising on this one. He's not really producing. He's just offering uh, his some some advising on it. Uh, so it's Dave and I, but um, uh, Aaron uh, Markowitz, who was a uh, that he was part of Escaping Pavement, and they mm-hmm. they've now split, but he's yeah. on his own. Uh, Dave Keeney, who is in a band called Hudang from Ann yeah. Arbor, yeah, uh, he's doing some guitar. Um, Amy Petty is doing some of the vocal. My friend Judy Brown. Uh, Allison and Tessa Weirshock of uh, Giacomo. Nice. And then uh, we just had Michael Shimon in uh, to do percussion. Uh, the violinist from my first record, Lucy Little, from is from Boston, and she, she did four songs remotely. And Bill Sadley was on uh, harmonica on a few songs. So awesome. It's a big cast of characters. Yeah. But for 21 songs, you kind of, I don't want it all to sound the same. Yeah. And there's there's songs that are really big and then there are a number of songs that are really small, really tight. My daughter actually sang uh has been playing guitar for about three and a half years, took it up, uh, and comes and plays out with me sometimes now. Oh, awesome. And she sang on five of the tracks. That's cool. So that was a really cool experience to have. Get her in the studio and get the headphones yeah. on in front of the <laughs> mic. Dave is, Dave Ruff is such a pro and he's such, so calm and puts you at ease. Yeah. He always sets it up beautifully. So fantastic. We're, I'm, I'm really excited, you know, about this cause, uh, it kind of like the last time where, uh, 
you know, I've got so many songs. I, I don't even have some of them memorized yet uh, to play them out. <laughs> I still need cheat sheets on, on right. a couple of them here and there. Uh, just, uh, but, but, um, I'm going to, I'm starting to do shows. Uh, I've got a few shows coming up, uh, in February and then a couple in March and, uh, uh, just booked one in April and then May and June, I've got stuff booked. So excellent. So yeah. are you staying, uh, Southeast Michigan? Are you moving around, checking out the rest I'm of the state? I'm moving around. Outside the state? Uh, right now it's all in state, mm-hmm. but, um, I plan to do something this summer again out of state. Uh, we, my, my wife and I did a uh, really fun little tour last fall where we, we, uh, we took uh, a road trip that started in Milwaukee and uh, I had a gig there and then we went south to Kansas City and I have a friend there, Joy Zimmerman, who's a songwriter and she set up a show there in her backyard and then we went to Denver and we have really good friends there who set up a show in their backyard and then <sighs> Angie's sister had another show there and then I went south to uh, Albuquerque where my sister lives and I awesome. played at a place in Corrales, New Mexico. So we did five shows in the first eight days and then after that it, the rest of it was a road trip along uh, or along Route 66 on the way oh. back. So we did. Oh, really? We oh, did so back thir- toward yeah, Chicago. Very yeah, cool. thirteen states in seventeen days, thirty-three hundred miles, and oh man, five shows. So, you know, I just—it was the first time we sort of dipped our toe, other than a couple of shows in Ohio, mm-hmm. and me going down to Nashville and playing, uh, you know, sort of open mic type yep. things. That yep. was the first uh, thing that I booked stuff and. Very cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing more of that. Uh, I've got a couple other artists that are interested in intersecting, going down the East Coast this time toward nice. uh, South Carolina and uh, and even into Atlanta area. Uh, so we're going to look at doing that in the, in the summer or fall. But I'm trying to uh, uh, look at festivals this summer. Yeah. Uh, and trying to do a lot of outdoor, a lot, a lot of outdoor, like I did last summer. Awesome. Fantastic. So. Uh, do you know, um, Jennifer Westwood and Dylan? Yeah. 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 So early in COVID early in 2020, yeah. uh, we, we had met her before, but, um, we sort of concurrently started raising money, uh, with our online shows. Uh, I was doing it through some through the Gaelic League, but then with no way to live, I was doing shows and and donating uh, money to the homeless. Right. And then, you know, uh, Michigan Music Alliance on the west side of the state started spread the music, Mm -hmm. started going to the Michigan Music Fund. And then Jennifer said, why don't we do something like that here? So uh, we started... uh, joining with her and I think the first couple of weeks we were able to, you know, she was able to donate maybe, you know, ten, twenty dollar, you know, right. uh, prizes or, you know, awards to people. Yeah. And by, you know, within a month we she was giving out, you know, a hundred dollar gift cards or a hundred dollars and 
you know, to people in need. And she was doing 12 of them in a, in a week. Yeah. And it, yeah, I remember that. Cause it was exciting. Cause I was yeah. like, this is so such a great idea. You yeah. Know? She's, she's, they're amazing. And, and she was really helpful to Angie and I when we went on the road this summer. Well, that's why I was thinking of it. Cause I was thinking, you know, it sounds like you're doing what they do is get on the road, book some shows and travel. Yeah. And they, they, they were really helpful in terms of guiding us. And then when we were, once we started, she sent, she sent us a note and she says, Hey, why don't you, why don't you write a little blog post yeah. and post it and then, but tag playing in the, De yeah. playing in Detroit area tonight and I'll spread it out. And so we did. So every day we were doing some, some part of our trip. That's on the road and it was it was a good learning experience from that standpoint too yeah that's awesome. yeah they're great that's fantastic so uh any more videos coming up i gotta talk to him <laughs> <laughs> i know he's got a movie to make but I, I i'm gonna need i'm gonna need a video for time i know that for sure yeah and uh so i'm protective of it at this point like yeah. even when he was like I'm going to have someone else film career advice. I was like, are you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he, he couldn't come in at that time, but he cut it. He did uh, the yeah. edit, which was great. Uh, we, we, uh, it was Charlie, um, Charlie Steen shot it, came up and we did that. That is one take. Um, really? We did that. Yeah. We, we, uh, when we recorded, uh, Steve Cousins, who is in the Codgers, played the uh, accordion. And Dave plays the stand-up bass, and then I play guitar, and that's one take. And you know, we we just rehearsed and we we played. I think we did like six takes all the way through. Yeah. And Charlie shot like four cameras, and then mm -hmm. we sent it to Danny, and we had all this other kind of making of stuff too that we did, shipping in and loading in and stuff like that. And he yeah. was able to edit it together. Really fun video. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That was a fun one. That's awesome. It's always fun because I get the opportunity, like, each video is kind of a new song, but also like, all right, what are we going to do this yeah, time? Yeah. And each one, we've got to try a new technique and a different style and yeah, gives us a chance to have some fun together and, like, push each other a little bit to try something new. So the animated one for Content was... That's a height, man. That's... Yeah, that was really fun, but I don't think I'm going to draw my dad for 13 hours a day for 40 days yeah. ever again. Yeah. Like, just wake up and draw my dad all day. How many drawings? How many drawings was it? It was around 4,000. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, between, like, now a lot of them, like, the forest and the bridge. I was able to find ways to like draw one image and then recreate it, but I had to still yeah. do 4,000 frames, but I think there were 1700 <laughs> drawings, drawings of him playing. Oh, wow. Wow. And I filmed him doing it against um, like a simple background. And then I have a draw, I got a drawing tablet and I've never done a drawing tablet before. So I had to learn, how to draw not like looking at my hand drawing but drawing looking up at my monitor wow yeah that would be weird um so i did a few weeks of tests to figure out how to do it how many frames per second 
because it was filmed at 24, but like, I really don't want to draw 24 <laughs> frames a second. Like, that's a lot of seconds. It's a four and a half minute song. Um, so we ended up doing eight frames a second. It gave it a really cool kind of ethereal look to yeah, it. it looks where awesome. it's not quite exact. Yeah. Um, and that one was just so much fun to put together and to do as, you know, monotonous and daunting as it was to just like, what am I going to do today? Oh, yeah. Just draw my dad. <laughs> well, I will say this. During the other thing that happened during COVID, while I was doing all these songs, he was, he was, uh, you know, he's an editor and, and he was able to do some work still, but he was doing these short films every day. He was awesome. doing these little, some of them were little animated films. Some of them were live action, comedy things. There were a whole bunch of these day off shorts, he called them. Awesome. And one of them, it on my day yeah. off. I don't like days off. But one of them he had done was he had taken a poem that he had written, and he had done this beautiful black and white line work animation. And uh, you know, he on, on the other videos he had he had come to me with sort of his idea, but I asked him specifically. I said, "Do you think you would you could do something?" with content because it's heavily it's about the words mm -hmm. and that was an opportunity mm -hmm. to animate the words and yeah. that's what he did awesome and it was it was all on me that i like the what the poem of mine that i animated was like a still drawing <laughs> floated through the street like little bits of animation <laughs> here and there and i was like I got an idea. I think I know how to do this. I've never done animation, but it makes sense in my head. And then it was like day four. And one of my buddies called me and was like, Hey man, what are you up to? And I was like, I don't know what day it is generally, but I know I've been drawing my dad since I, my memory is just that. Um, and it was, it needed to be because, you know, it's all about just like, his mouth is a little different yeah. here. But then after a few days, like starting to get the rhythm of like, oh, right, his fingers do this. And like being able to guess which was coming next. Yeah. Wow. And uh, <laughs> that's the fun of it. And that's kind of, that was the joy of it for me during the day off shorts. But then both with my dad and a few other musician friends, like getting to, I'm a filmmaker, but I have always, since I was a kid, been like, I want to make movies, but in between movies, want to make music videos yeah. because it's an underappreciated art form that has disappeared far too much, yeah. in my opinion, yeah. from what used to be a very accessible point of music. Yeah. Um, you know, not just MTV, but like the music video was a thing that you looked forward oh, to. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, it was and I think a, it's starting to come back with the indie music videos. And that was one of the things we discussed when he put out the album was like, I want to do a few. And then it was really fun through COVID to be able to, one, have the time to do right. it, um, but also to figure out ways for us to do things in different ways, at different yeah. points of safety, at different points of accessibility. Um, they came into New York for two days. And it was a really it was it, weird trip. Yeah, it was a weird trip. It was what September of 2020. Yeah. So oh, wow. I mean, so, 
it yeah. was still heavily locked down. There was yeah. no vaccines at that point. So we're driving with our own pillows, our own, you know, I mean, yeah. we're like, we're like putting, you know, gallons of, of sanitizer <laughs> yeah. on us. We've got, uh, you yeah. know, we, he wouldn't, he didn't hug my wife. We didn't, we didn't hug the whole oh, trip. Man. Like, yeah, it was the saddest thing ever to say goodbye to my parents, having not hugged them for two days, yeah. but we shot two music videos yeah, awesome. and um, it was really fun getting to work on them together, but more so like figuring out each new yeah. one and like, this is where we are now. This is what we can do. How can we make this fun and also fitting to each song? Yeah. Like our turn to shine. I, I think is a, a I think it's a great video, <laughs> all the lights and all the, he came up with that the whole thing of all these different light bulbs and all the 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 different ways to make that piece uh really come alive with a single performer and playing a song that's fairly upbeat and keeping it going yeah well and it was a fun one to shoot uh, green screening light bulbs <laughs> is a uh I'll just say this. Don't do it. It's horrible. <laughs> well, I was going to say, Danny, when you were talking about like the fact that the art of the music video is, yeah. is somewhat lost, but you, you guys did a great job of like having different, and I had not thought of one, the work that goes into it, the thought process that has to go into it and the imagination to come up with like, you know, we want this one to, to reflect this as opposed to, you know, you either get some kind of crazy, um, well, it's either, a live performance, which everybody's done and seen and 8,000 yeah. times, and that's fine. It's got 50 camera angles, great. Um, or you've got here and there, maybe an esoteric kind of um, video that may or may not capture the spirit of the songs. But it's really interesting to hear you guys talk about that aspect of one, you know, how it was something that you guys could do together yeah. uh, artistically, sharing the art of, you know, visual arts plus the the music and then coming up with the different ways of trying to you know re-stimulate that whole process of the music video so i i find that very intriguing it's awesome and I yeah can't wait he, he, the last one that he did was uh in october or september and i had uh submitted a song for uh an october single set from uh, hudson harding music and they would they would take the song and put it onto an assembly of other songs, mm -hmm. do a playlist. They would actually create physical CDs, send them out, promote it. And they said, you know, it would really be great if you had a video for it beyond just, you know, the album cover and yeah. the song. And so I asked him, I said, I, he listened to the song and I said, what do you think? And he came up with this because it's a really sort of dark song about you know mental you know mental mm -hmm. anguish and how people are disconnected and he came up with this idea of being able to shoot this piece in his 287 square foot studio 214. what is it 214 <laughs> in in brooklyn and he shot the whole thing and it's really quite amazing uh yeah. and and he's he's in that that one uh but as a you know as a character who is right. struggling yeah. and uh it's uh, I, uh that it was one, a super fun week <laughs> yeah 
Awesome. I'm going to be really depressed tomorrow. <laughs> all day. <laughs> awesome. Oh, uh, no, it was really, that was one of the more challenging ones because we had such a time crunch yeah. on it that it was like, it was the call. Can you do this? Are you interested? And it's like, yeah, absolutely. And he's like, great. It needs to be done in like 10 days. Yeah. Cause <laughs> no, okay. I, I guess I'm writing it tonight. <laughs> Yeah, because they and, wanted uh, they wanted to feature it for World Mental Health Day on October tenth. Oh, yeah. Awesome. So, it, which I do. I there was the extra motivation there of like, well, this I'm I'm not gonna not say yes, but I don't know if me not sleeping is a good sign of support to <laughs> mental, for a mental health. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But it was a really fun one to make. That was one of my favorites, actually, uh, technique wise, because I got. I each music video I do basically for him or for a few friends that I do music videos for because those are like passion projects for me as mm -hmm. well. Um, I charge basically what I need to buy the new piece of equipment yeah. that I want. Oh, awesome. um, and I really wanted an electric slider so I could have a moving camera while shooting myself in something. Yeah. And I have a few shots in the video that like I'm in one location of my apartment and then I'm in another in the same shot. It's <laughs> pretty cool. And yeah. so again, it's just one of those where it's like, what technique can I teach myself with this project for yeah. my dad yeah. or for a friend? But especially with him, it's always fun because of his background, he knows what I'm talking about. And we can kind of bounce the idea and figure out exactly what we need to do it. That's very cool. And uh, I have a, like I said, a totally uh, a new appreciation for those videos now that I've kind of got the backstory. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch them all now because I'm like, uh, you know, I appreciated them for what they were, you know, the the music and the, and the visual presentation. But now having that backstory, I, I've got to go check it out. Uh, so Lori, Steve, Danny, you guys any, got any questions for Mike? Yeah, I just have one. Yeah, hey Mike. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think what, didn't you just, didn't you just celebrate the year anniversary of the darkness and the light? Yeah, it was, uh, we released it January 26th. So yeah, it's, been, yeah. it's oh. been out a year. So yeah. now that it's been out a year and you listen back to it, what, it, you know, what do you think of it now? Is there anything you think differently of it or anything that, you know, any different impressions at this point? No, I, uh, you know, I, I'm, I, I think there are songs that I don't listen to much, you know, because I listen to them too much, uh, and I, <laughs> you know, it was, a, it was a pleasure to do like take in the light and do something with it because it's a song that almost didn't make it, and the the brilliance of a young guitar player named Jimmy uh, Showers of Giacomo yeah. and the girls on that totally brought that song to another level in the in the work that we did on it. And um, and then songs like um, I just got a note from John Freeman that uh, Americana Museum is going to feature Midnight Fell this month. Nice. Oh, wow, cool. and that's a song nice. I'm super proud of, too. Another one that almost didn't make it when we demoed it the first time. It was a much more almost like rocking kind of song. It was, and when we demoed it, I, I just didn't like it. And I went back home and I I slowed it down and found a different way to play it and and i'm so glad it's on the record so those are the things that i find now i mean yeah. i'm i'm super proud of it uh i'm really proud of 
you know, No Way to Live as a song, and I and I get a lot of compliments on it, but I, I'm just as proud of every track on it. Um, uh, Ken Jacobson just featured on, on Michigan uh, Folk, just featured... Uh, oh. Yeah, I saw uh, that. Why Why nice. can't that be enough? Yeah, which is a is a song about Michigan uh, and about those places in Michigan you like to escape to, but it's written from the standpoint of that place. Yeah, uh, and who really misses who? Uh, so, I think that I, that's another song that I'm really proud of. Content's a song that I I just never get tired of playing. So I'm, you know. I have to, uh, you know, I'm I'm playing a whole new set of music these days, and I'm not playing many songs from that record. But it, it's not it's not for not that I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, uh, Steve, Danny, any questions? Uh, it's been great hearing uh, I just, all this stuff. I just have shows. to thank Steve. What's that? So Steve, Steve is part of my my high school my high school group and and was at, steve was married to uh a woman that i knew from first grade on oh man <laughs> and uh his wife pam who is uh who passed away a number of years ago uh <laughs> but steve has continued to be part of our group from from you know pam's legacy and the first time when I introduced We Wonder and I have a song, The Other Side, which is about my family and about growing up in Port Huron a little bit. Huh. And, uh, it, you know, he just, he would bring people to my shows. He's the biggest <laughs> fan that, that anybody could have. Awesome. I mean, I just, I can't thank him enough. Uh, it's always great to see him at a show and, uh, I can't thank you enough, Steve. Hey, Mike, it, like I said, it's been a joy. It's been something that I've uh, enjoyed so much. And the thing is, is that it the relationship, and I don't, you know, I didn't know that way back then, but you're you're keeping that memory of Pam alive too for me. So uh, oh, so that's that's, a, nice. that, awesome. that's that's when I listen to your music, I always think, oh my gosh, you know, Pam knew him. And knew them when they were little, little people, you know, little kids. You know? So, that's uh, awesome. So that's what I, I, you've been, uh, you've kept Pam alive for me. So I appreciate that. That's fantastic. And he's he's getting my tour bus ready. Yes. <laughs> All he's, right. He's designing my tour bus. <laughs> awesome. Yes. All right. Well, uh, I I want to thank you all so much for being on Fans with Bands. Um, I've got just one last question. Mm -hmm. um, Mike, hopefully it won't put you in a spot or alienate any fans, but uh, it's somewhat controversial, so <laughs> I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Um, pineapple or no pineapple on pizza? Oh, pineapple. All right. <laughs> With ham. With ham. Okay, so yep. the traditional Hawaiian. Yep. Hawaiian. All right. Yep. Uh, Steve, yep. How, about, how about you? Pineapple it's hard to or no find. pineapple? Steve, is pineapple or no pineapple? Yeah, pineapple is okay. I mean, I'm, like I said, I'm not a. Uh, it's. I'll go with it, but uh, it wouldn't be your first. It wouldn't be your first choice. Right, you're absolutely. Saying. But, but all right, all right, guys, all right. Uh, Lori. Yeah, definitely. All right, excellent. <laughs> Any particular favorite combo with the 
You know, I think I like it on barbecue chicken pizza too, to be honest. Oh, I put it on, yeah, like we, we've yeah. made it that way in the past. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and really that like makes that. sense. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So that's uh, another way to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Danny, how about you? Oh, yeah. I'll do it. Uh, yeah. I, one, I like the flavor. Two, I love pissing my best friend off. And, <laughs> like, oh, God. He's going to call me in a rage of. It's just, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it man. gives me all kinds of joy. <laughs> flavor and pissing off the best friend awesome any any particular combo that you like to go with the pineapple traditional or? i mean i do think the traditional ham is a great combo yeah. i agree with Lori. barbecue chicken can be really <laughs> yeah. good as well um i've also done uh jalapeno and yeah, that's the other uh, one i keep hearing yeah, that's about. a good one yeah. yes you know, it's nice because you get the spice and then like the acidic yep. sweetness mm, yeah. that kind of tangs yeah. it down. That will never happen in this palette. <laughs> I have an Irish palate and no jalapenos, <laughs> le- very little spice. I was going to say, no spices. Yeah, yeah, very little spices. Yeah. Awesome. And my wife is a great Italian cook. And uh, when I first met her, it was like, well, I don't know if I can eat garlic. <laughs> <laughs> She's she's gotten me there, and she's gotten me to a few other places. Now my daughter is, she's getting me even, she's inching Push me it, further, yeah. even though my <laughs> stomach, I, say, I don't know. You've, if, pushed, you've pushed pretty far. You've actually tried some things that have some kick and, and survive. <laughs> is your wife, Come, is your wife you didn't a perform pineapple? afterwards, but. Yeah. Oh, she pineapple likes pineapple. Yeah, yeah right. she'll, pineapple. she'll eat the yeah, pineapple. Oh, hey, there she is. <laughs> so so do, you, do you prefer pineapple or is it just okay? Or is it just okay? No, I like pineapple, but I have to go with bacon oh. and pineapple. Oh, yeah. Not ham. Oh, yeah. Like that nice honey soaked bacon with pineapple and, you know. And and I agree with Lori with the chicken along with, with that. You know. Just load, just load it up. <laughs> Jolly Pumpkin in Ann Arbor Jolly when, Arbor, yes, when, yes, when, yes, when they yes, first yes, opened. Yes, when they first opened. Oh, we got an echo, oh, Ange. I think that's you. I think that's your car. I'll, I'll go off. Uh, yeah, I'll go off. <laughs> uh, when they first opened in Ann Arbor, they had a pizza that was like the candied bacon and oh, pineapple. Right. Yes. And it, that, that. Was, that was like <laughs> sensational. They don't have it anymore which is oh, a bummer yeah maybe we can we can petition them to get that back I think so. <laughs> <laughs> all right well guys thanks so much for being on fans of bands again thank you thanks chuck thank you, chuck. Thank right. you. That was fun. really appreciate it yeah yeah <laughs> thanks to mike steve danny Lori, and angela for joining me on this episode of fans with bands mike ward is putting the finishing touches on his next album in the meantime Go get a copy of his latest album, The Darkness and the Light. Then, get over to the Corktown Music Festival in Detroit on March 4th and catch Mike live at the Gaelic League at 8pm. Be sure to get the two-day pass to the Corktown Music Festival on March 4th and 5th, as you can check out a wide variety of bands, including some fans with band alumni, such as Ladyship Warship, War Horses, The Whiskey Charmers, and Edison Hollow. Tickets are a low dough 20 bucks for the two-day pass featuring over 75 bands. See the show notes for all the details and links. These are tough times for everyone in the creative industries such as music. Your support of live streaming, purchasing music, and merchandise is critical. If you can help out your local artists, please do. If you are in the Michigan area, consider following the Playing in the Detroit Area Tonight Facebook page. 
It is a place for fans and bands to support each other and share our combined love of music. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast service to get each and every episode of Fans with Bands. Spread the word by rating the show and leaving a comment. We want to hear what you think. You can keep in touch by following us on social media. This is a Life in Michigan production. Until next time, be well and kick out the jams.